Just a minute. I'm coming. FBI, open up! Just a minute. Hello, everybody. This is Legal Man. Welcome to the show. This is going to be a good episode. This episode runs long. It's about twice as long as a regular episode. And that's because I break down this Texas law, all the amendments to it, and I go through it. And I don't go through every single piece, but I go through all the important stuff. And I just show people how all these people who think that red state governors and everything else is going to help you, they're not. All these codifications of these changes to these so-called disaster and emergency laws and the so-called no-vax passport laws, they're not helpful to you. They're not there to help you. The government's never going to help you. The government sucks, and the government is always going to screw you. So if you want to understand what's in it, then you listen to my podcast. I just laid it out. And for people who don't know me, I'm a lawyer. I've practiced for more than 30 years. And I'm America's most trusted and beloved lawyer because I tell them the truth. And apparently I'm very good at breaking people bad news. (laughs) I'm a self-certified master practitioner, too. I gave that award to myself almost 20 years ago. Very proud of that. I earned that. So... (laughs) All right, enough fooling around. Let's go ahead and get it going because, like I said, the show runs uh, way, way long. Okay, so I did the show on how the declaration of emergency, or in my state, I think it's called a disaster, works and how much of an abuse of the law that was, even though it's Governor Greg Abbott. Oh, he's a great red state governor showing us the way. Just abused the living shit out of that law. Didn't do anything that was appropriate. Whole thing's just chock full of bullshit Barnum statements. And I did that in preparation for showing people these so-called amendments where Texas is also going to make it illegal to have a Vax ID card. Uh, it's just the same kind of shit that you got in Florida with yeah, a couple of differences because every state's going to have slightly different stuff, but it's still just a load of crap that has, in effect, codified and solidified the kind of abuse they want to engage in in the future in order to clean up all the mistakes they kind of made in the past because of what they were doing for the last year or so was so laughably outside the law they needed to rewrite the law and make it even more Barnum statementy and more bullshitty so they can control you more under the guise of helping you as a red state. Red state pushing back. Oh, they're pushing back. <laughs> pushing back against jack shit. It's so stupid. So I'm going to go ahead and go through it. I'm not going to read every piece of it, but I will attach it. So people are welcome to read it themselves if they can bear it. And so I'm just going to go through some of it here. And you can just see for yourself whether or not they're really helping you with this so-called new law. And as I've told people, it affects two different codes, the government code and the health and safety code. And I attached both of those to the previous podcast I did that set the thing out. And so this whole thing is, of course, is very complex set of rules that intertwine together and they make it very difficult to understand what's even going on. You go from one section to another section, you kind of read them. No one really knows what they say. There's very little case law, so-called, that interprets it so you can know what's going on. And you'll have different types of agencies and attorney general opinions and things like that that you have to look to. In other words, it's just a whole slew of complex government bullshit that you have to kind of look through. And that I hope made it clear in the last episode that it ultimately doesn't make one damn bit of difference what these things say, because they'll just simply ignore it. It's an old rule in the law that I try to explain to people. If there's something in the law that they don't like, 
then they simply read it out. And if there's something in the law that they need, they simply read it in. So all these things are just cover stories. And anybody who watches the way the news works and the way these cases come out, they're so shocking. Everyone's so shocked on fucking talk radio, this stuff comes out. It's not shocking. They're operating under a fantasy paradigm that's mostly taught in law school and then continued on, which is that there's a case and there's a constitution. They stay within it and they have to read it and they have to, you know, find some kind of support for it. It's all bullshit. See, it's all just made up crap, which this is one of the main things I try to explain to people is that all the stuff in the law is made up. It's totally made up and it's Barnum statements. To the extent it's not just a completely made up thing, it's just a 100% of Barnum statement. And this set of so-called amendments to this law is just another thing that's just a pack full of Barnum statements. It means anything they want it to mean, and it's not going to help you in any form or fashion. So let's go ahead and I'm going to start a little bit of this. And so, you, like I said, I've attached this document that has the amendments. And the first one is Section 418 to the Government Code, which is this disaster crap. And that's what all of it mostly is. It's called Limitation on Medical Procedures. Here's what it says. It says that in this section, non-elective medical procedure means a medical procedure including a surgery, physical exam, diagnostic test, screening, performance of a lab test, and the collection of a specimen to perform a laboratory test that if not performed within a reasonable time may, as determined in good faith by a patient's physician, result in. Did you hear all the Barnum statements that are already packed into that? <laughs> so here's what it may re result in. The patient's loss of life, okay. Or, two, a, a deterioration, Barnum statement, complication, Barnum statement, or progression of the patient's current or potential medical condition or disorder, Barnum statement, including a physical condition or mental disorder, Barnum statement. So it's just a, a load of shit. There's no way to know what this means. It literally means whatever they want it to mean. And here's what they did, because there was a lot of people who were complaining. Of course, everybody's heard about it. How all oh, people who need these things, they need this kind of operation or that kind of operation. They weren't being able to get it because they shut all the stupid hospitals down so they could be empty and make TikTok videos for the, all the patients, COVID patients that were going to pour in. Of course, no COVID patients poured in. My county, they were empty basically the entire time. So here's how it works. It says the Texas Medical Board, during a declared state of disaster, <laughs> may not issue an order or adopt a regulation that limits or prohibits a non-elective medical procedure, okay? So these this whole things about these things you have to have. It can't do that. It's a, see? It can't do that. I'll continue on. The Texas Medical Board, during a declared state of disaster, may issue an order or adopt a regulation imposing a temporary limitation or prohibition on a medical procedure other than a non-elective medical procedure, only if the limitation or prohibition is reasonably necessary to conserve resources for non-elective medical procedures or resources needed for disaster response. An order issued or regulation adopted under this regulation may not continue for more than 15 days unless reviewed by the board. Okay, so there you go. Can't do that. Again, it's a Barnum statement. What does it mean? Unless it's necessary. <laughs> it's just, all of these things are open-ended statements. See, all of them are open-ended statements. Let's see what else it says. It says, a person subject to an order issued or regulation adopted under this section who in good faith acts or fails to act in accordance with that order or regulation is not civilly or criminally liable and is not subject to disciplinary action for the act or failure to act. You hear that? 
See, so if this thing is, is issued, since it's just such a bunch of Barnum statements and nobody knows what these things actually mean, what they've done is provide immunity to all the doctors and nurses and everybody else who's involved to make sure that they don't have to do it. They can just sit around like they did last time and not do anything and instead just collect a bunch of free money from the federal government for doing nothing. So these hospitals, they won't be uh, treating you and they'll just say, oh, it was an elective procedure. It wasn't non-elective. And they'll be like, oh, we disagree. Well, I mean, how the hell are you going to decide on that? Oh, well, you were wrong. It was non-elective and they died. Oh, well, I'm still not liable. Why? Because I've been given immunity. (laughs) So that's how this thing's going to work. Here's the last part of it says, the immunity provided by this section is in addition to any other immunity or limitation or liability provided by law, so-called law. (laughs) See that? So this grant people immunity. You like that? This is the equal protection of the law you get. It's equal unless they provide certain people special privileges. See, all animals are equal. It's just that some animals are more equal than others. This is just a typical deal, see? This is just a typical deal where they claim they're going to solve this problem. They had all these non-elective medical procedures that were not allowed, and therefore people were dying. And so now they institute this law, they codify it, and they provide a bunch of immunity so that anybody so-called acts in good faith under this so-called Barnum Statement of Lodichette, then they're not liable. So how does this help you? How does it help you? <laughs> it doesn't help you. It just doesn't help you. It's a load of shit. It's just typical crap. All right, let's look at the next one. It's uh, personal protective equipment contracts. This is a typical deal. How they need to order stuff and purchase stuff during it. Nobody gives a shit about this. This is just, this is just how they pad people's uh, pockets during these things. I don't even going to read that. It's stupid. All right, here we go. Um, this is an interesting one. It's called Limitations on Construction and Related Services. So, again, this is all about how well, it was unfair. People need to be able to build a house or a hospital or some shit during this time, right? Okay, so here's how they, they amended it. The governing body of a political subdivision may not issue an order during a declared state of disaster or local disaster to address a pandemic disaster <laughs> that would limit or prohibit. And then they list out some things. Housing, commercial, construction activities in the following manners. Uh, Sale, transportation, and installation of manufactured homes. So these are mobile homes. So you can't fuck with the mobile home parks. Those guys may actually uh, get their guns and come down and start causing shit. (laughs) Okay, another one would be uh, the provision of governmental services for title searches notary services and recording services and support of mortgages and real estate services and transactions. So we got to keep the land scam running. We got to keep the fucking state getting its taxes and everything else. So why would you ever need to be able to limit notary searches, recording services? I mean, how stupid is that? Just think how ridiculous that was, this fake-ass pandemic where nobody really knows anybody who died and was sick. And if he didn't see masks and didn't have this long history, nobody would even know there even supposedly was a pandemic. So all the stuff that was limited is just its just ridiculous. So this is just some other different, different stuff they added. And they've also got residential and commercial real estate services, including settlement services, and essential maintenance, manufacturing, design, operation, inspection, security, and construction services for essential products, services, and supply chain relief efforts. Again, just one big, gigantic Barnum statement. No one knows what the fuck it means. It's impossible to know what it means. Uh, you're, you're subject to having every single place argue with you about what that actually means. And you, of course, will be subject to their fines, dragged into their courts, 
uh, have to hire your own lawyers. There's absolutely no attorney's provision in here. Nothing in there is given to the public to challenge this thing. Uh, there's no independent cause of action provided. It's all the exact same problems I've gone over and over with people that these laws don't have. That the whole thing is Barnum statements that only the government gets to judge and that you as a citizen get screwed having to try to see whether or not you fit within it. And if you don't believe you fit within it, well, then what do you do? Well, you risk everything while the government risks nothing. <laughs> That's what happens every single time. All right, so let's go to another one here. Here's the next thing. It's, it's called Disease Prevention Information System. So just another set of government horseshit. The Department of State Health Services. Oh, boy, so important. Using existing resources. Oh, whatever that fucking means. Another Barnum statement. They'll just issue more resources and to make sure that there's enough wiggle room in there if they need to do it. Shall develop and implement a disease prevention information system <laughs> for dissemination of immunization information during a declared state of disaster. So they're already preparing to make sure that there's already going to be a system set up to shove out more information about these stupid vaxes in the future and updates. And I, I mean, this is ridiculous. How does this help you? How is this red state pushing back? This is codifying yet another state system that will create some new plan and prevention. And what is it going to do? What is it going to do? It's going to disseminate propaganda. Here's what it says. During a declared state of disaster or local state of disaster, the Department of State Health Services shall ensure that every educational materials regarding immunizations are available to local health authorities in this state for distribution to. And look where they're distributing. Public and private schools is number one. You got that? So we got to make sure that kids get fully propagandized with the horse shit that we spew out of the state. Two, child care facilities. <laughs> child care facilities. You got that? Community centers offering youth and programs. Got it? So young people and old people who go to community centers. Community centers offering services and programs to a vulnerable population. There you go. People who can't really figure out what the hell's going on. People in a wheelchair. People who don't know what the fuck's going on. People have mental health issues. We need to make damn sure that, oh, including communities of color, low-income individuals, and elderly individuals. Exactly like I said. So these people who are the most vulnerable, we're going to shove propaganda down their throat about getting a vax in the future. We're going to make sure we do it officially. <laughs> this is what we needed to add. This is the law we needed. Oh, it helps us so much. Pushing back. Man, we're pushing back. Are you tired of pushing back? <laughs> okay, here's another. Local health care providers. Okay, so we're going to push propaganda out to the local health care providers. And veterans' homes. Got it? <laughs> it's hilarious to me the way people think this... This, their image of what so-called red state pushback because of all these constitutional conservatives on radio, it's just so full of shit, it's unbelievable. I'm just reading it, right? And here's what the educational materials must include. The most recent immunization schedules <laughs> by age, as recommended by the CDC, <laughs> and locations, if any, of local health care providers that author immunizations. So a whole new section about vax propaganda, how to get vaxes, how to shove them into vulnerable populations, young people, old people, how to propagandize the population with future vaxes and updates on vaxes. So we had to add that. That's, that's a great thing to add, right? <laughs> uh, it's hilarious. All right, here's the next thing they're adding. 
wellness checks for medically fragile individuals during certain emergencies. <laughs> this is a funny provision to me too. It's basically just a way to make sure that Anybody who's kind of got a problem, they can go in on ostensibly under this bullshit rule to check on them. And if they check on them, they probably are going to end up vaccinating them anyway. But uh, okay, here's what it says that there's an emergency assistant registry means the registry maintained by the division that provides local emergency planners and emergency responders with additional information on the needs of certain individuals in their communities. You like this? You like this? That they they got to keep a little sheet. Oh, I'm sure this is. It'll never be extended out beyond that. Just like, just like the income tax will never apply to anything beyond the top two percent of the uh, rich people. Just, it'll never will. They promise they'll never use your social security number for anything, any type of ID. They'll never do it. This is just a small thing to help these these people who are vulnerable. Don't you want to help vulnerable people? Don't you want common sense vulnerable protection? <laughs> And it goes to all these, quote, first responders. And who are the first responders under this bill? Public health and public safety personnel. So anybody, any bureaucrat working for some bullshit public health horseshit organization in the state and public safety personnel. It could be anything. That can be expanded out to mean anything. Law enforcement personnel, fire protection personnel, including volunteer firefighters. So it's your volunteer firefighters. They, they, they can get your personal information, too, here. Emergency medical services personnel, including hospital, a member of the National Guard. Oh, that's nice. A member of the Texas State Guard. Oh, that's nice. So just all these guys who, who sign up, these order followers, these gun-toting order followers who just run around, all these people, they're entitled to have your information too. So who is a medically fragile individual? <laughs> uh, okay, let's see. It says anybody with Alzheimer's disease and other related disorders. Well, that's again, that's a massive uh, Barnum statement. There's that's a whole spectrum. It could be all sorts of different things, right? It doesn't say they have to have a diagnosis from a physician. It doesn't. There's nothing. There's no way to challenge being on this list. There's no way to say I don't want to be on this list. This is just a list that gets created, or. People receiving dialysis services, okay, well, maybe they are, maybe they aren't, maybe they don't need them that often, who knows? Someone who's diagnosed with a debilitating chronic illness, whatever that means, right? People who are on oxygen treatment, what does that mean? They need it all the time, they need it every once in a while, they have COPD, it could be anything. Who have medical conditions that require 24-hour supervision from a skilled nurse. Well, anybody who has 24-hour supervision from a skilled nurse really hardly needs somebody doing a wellness check on them, right? What, what the hell? They got someone there 24 hours a day. It's idiotic. So let's look at the next thing they describe. Medically fragile individual designation. The division shall develop a process for designating individuals who are included in the emergency assistant registry as medically fragile for the purposes of this chapter. In other words, a totally unelected a group of people will go into a room, a government room, and come up with some shit and put your name on the list when you'll have absolutely no right to complain about it. You have no personal uh, cause of action to say this is bullshit and I don't want to be on this. This is a gross infringement. <laughs> you have nothing. There's no rights here at all. It's just, just another power grab. Next thing in it, emergency assistance registry access. Okay. The division shall authorize the following persons to access this emergency assistance registry. And here it is. The commission, the department, first responders, local governments, and local health departments. In other words, any kind of government anything can get a hold of this stuff. 
And they can know all about whatever kind of medical information you've got in there, where you live, what kind of particular needs you have. This is just so incredibly intrusive and invasive. Everyone runs around, oh, HIPAA this and HIPAA that protection. It's a load of shit, guys. See, it's a load of shit. The government does whatever it wants. It gets whatever information it wants. It just writes itself exceptions. It just allows itself access to any information it wants under the guise of helping you. <laughs> okay, let's see here. Required wellness check. That's the next thing. The division shall collaborate with the persons authorized to access the emergency assistance registry. In other words, the government shall collaborate with the government. <laughs> and the government shall just collaborate with the government. It's just utterly, I just, I can't believe people are okay with this kind of crap. And they think this is red state nonsense. Hi, it's Legal Man. I hope you're enjoying the show. If you appreciate the unique insight and information I provide, then go over to my Patreon account for The Quash and become a member. I have bonus shows and material, early access, and it's a good place to meet like-minded people. I have people ask me all the time, what can we do, legal men? <laughs> well, start by voting with your pocketbook. It's the only vote that really counts. Support things that tell people the truth. Getting people to understand the truth is the only solution we have to this insanity. Look, I get it. There are a lot of people who can't afford to support my show with money. But there are a lot of people who can. And if you can and you like the show, you should support it. That's what free markets look like. The people running this scam, they have unlimited funding. I don't have support of that system. In fact, I get harassed because I tell people the truth that they don't want the people to know. So we have to stick together. So go sign up. Now let's get back to the show. I can't believe people are okay with this kind of crap and they think this is red state nonsense. And with applicable municipalities and counties to ensure that a wellness check is conducted on each medically fragile individual listed in the emergency assistant registry and located in an area that experiences an event described. So if, there's an ex if they set it out, if they claim a disaster, you're going to get a knock on your door, you're going to get a phone call, you're going to get a follow-up. They're going to come and check on you, quote-unquote, check on you. Got it? Do you see how easy this thing can be expanded? Do you see? See, this is the kind of thing gets amended very, very quietly, gets passed on the front page, oh, we're helping and protecting, and, and then it gets amended on the back page in very small ways, and it gets interpreted in ways that completely and totally screw you, that never, ever limit the government, because only the government will be able to interpret it. <laughs> okay, there's these, these wellness checks are supposedly supposed to be conducted in order to ensure that the individual has, quote, continuity of care and the ability to continue using electrically powered medical equipment if applicable. So continuity of care, that's just, uh, again, just kind of a made-up Barnum statement. If the electricity's on, I mean, I don't understand. It, the electricity's running, it's running. What does that got to do with a pandemic? We didn't lose power because of the pandemic, but then they're going to come and check on you based upon this, this made-up uh, so-called event. Here are the events that require wellness check. The division, in collaboration with the commission. So you know, you got a division, you got a commission, and the department <laughs> shall adapt rules regarding which events require a wellness check, including the rules are going to have to include an extended power, water, or gas outage, a state of disaster declared under this chapter, any other event considered necessary by the commission, the department, or the division. You got it? You like that number three? Any other event considered necessary by the commission, the department, or the division. So it's just a catch-all. See, it's just a catch-all. They can do anything they want with it with that one thing. 
they first of all, they, they talked, number one, an extended power water shortage. Oh, okay, got it. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. State of disaster. Oh, number three, we've got to tell you. Uh, and any other event considered necessary by the commission, the department, or the division. I think we need to keep that in there. Yeah, that makes sense. Let's do that. In other words, it's wide open. It's wide open, and, and there's, again, no personal cause of action to challenge it. It's just government concocting other government rules. <laughs> this, is, this is unbelievable to me that people accept this stuff. Then run around and tell me about how free they are. Uh, if more than one disaster is declared, blah. Uh, this is just saying that they only need one wellness check, even if you've got multiple bullshit disasters running. All right, the requirements for the welfare check. Let's see what they are. The division in collaboration with the commission and the department, it's always the same. It's just this government collaborating with government. I mean, just, it's utter horseshit. Here's what they're going to supposed to do. The minimum standards. A wellness check on a medical, medically fragile individual under this chapter must include, must include, an automated telephone call and text to the individual. So they got to, you got to get your phone number and personal information so they can send it all to you. A personalized telephone call to the individual and... If the individual is unresponsive to a telephone call, an in-person wellness check. In other words, if you don't want to be bothered by this, well, that's not going to be good enough. They're going to come bother you. <laughs> and they'll knock your damn door down if they need to. Oh, oh, my man, we're checking on you. Oh, we're authorized. Oh, such, such. Please step aside. We're here. Check wellness check. Blah, blah. Fucking order-following idiots will be there acting like they're heroes. And I guarantee you they'll erect some kind of stupid statue for these people that busted down doors to check on fucking people who didn't want to be bothered. <laughs> what a joke. No way to opt out of this system. None at all. No way to opt out. They just shove in anybody who they want. So here's how it also has to require. It must be conducted in accordance with the minimum standards prescribed by division rule and the procedures of the applicable county or municipality. Again, just they have to do whatever they say they have to do. It, it doesn't, that's not a check on anything. There's no check and balance. A wellness check must be conducted as soon as practicable, but not later than 24 hours after the event requiring a wellness check occurs. You got it? So they're supposed to supposedly check on you. In other words, they'll start sending phone calls and texts within 24 hours. And if you don't respond, then the next thing you know, eventually they're going to come around and bust your door down if you don't answer. That's the reality. That's what it is. That's what it is right there. There's nothing else. Okay, let's look at a couple other of these so-called changes that are so great, pushed back so hard. The subtitle of D in Section 6 has been changed now to include, it used to say prevention, control, and reports of diseases, and it's now it's been added, public health disasters and emergencies. In other words, they're just adding this new public health horseshit uh, to it. And so they've added this new name for it. And now, under the Health and Safety Code, which is the reason I read that to you last time, they have some of the amendments in there are included in here. And this is where they're changing what public health disaster means. And it used to mean that you had the declaration by the governor of a state of disaster, and then you had the determination by the commissioner. Okay, And now they've, uh, they've amended that language, okay, to, it used to read, a determination by the commissioner that there exists an immediate threat from a communicable disease. Now they've added health condition, chemical, biological, radiological, or electromagnetic exposure. They've added those. I wonder why they've added those. I wonder if there's something's coming down the pike on that. <laughs> health condition, <laughs> an immediate threat of a health condition. What does that mean? I mean, it is so preposterously vague. Do you see that? 
And those things, they have to pose. And here's what it says. So you have to have a determination by the commissioner that there's an immediate threat of a health condition that poses a high risk of death or serious, it used to read long-term disability to a large number of people. That's how it used to read. And now they've amended it. This is to help you, of course. Poses a high risk of death or serious harm, not long-term disability, harm to the public. Not a large number of people, to the public. So they've, they've, they've just Barnum statement this thing even more, made it even more vague. It used to be fairly, fairly specific, certainly more specific, long-term disability to a large number of people. Now that's been changed to harm to the public. <laughs> How does that help you? How's that more limiting? It's not. It's so broad. It's ridiculous. I mean, Dr. Fauci is getting a fucking woody reading shit like this. He'd love this stuff. It just gives the government so much power. And here's how it used to read also. It said, it had, so it had to pose a high risk of death or serious uh, long-term disability to a large group of people and creates a substantial risk of public exposure because of the disease's high level of contagion or the method by which disease is transmitted. And they've changed that. They've ex- gotten rid of that. Now it just has to create a substantial risk of harmful public exposure. <laughs> so now it's just about harm. Public has a risk of death or serious harm, and it creates a substantial risk of harm, whatever that means. Whatever any of that means, right? See, it doesn't mean anything. It's so general, it can be anything. The kind of fake pandemic we had will now fit within that. It didn't really before, right? Long-term disability, large number of people, it didn't fit within it, but they did it anyway. And believe me, this language now, harm to the public, harmful public exposure. That's so general now to a health condition. They can declare it for anything. All right, let's continue on with this thing. A public health emergency means a determination by the commissioner, who's of course totally unelected, untouchable, evidenced in an emergency order issued by the commissioner that there exists an immediate threat from a communicable disease, health condition, chemical, biological, blah, 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 that potentially poses a risk of death or severe illness or harm to the public and potentially creates a substantial risk of harmful exposure to the public. So it has to only potentially pose a risk of, of harm to the public. Now, just potentially create a substantial risk. <laughs> potentially creates. So I, that's even more attenuated out. This is not helpful. This is not tightening it up. This is not protecting you more. See, it's not protecting you more. Oh, God, so stupid. I mean, it's just so damn stupid. I mean, let's see if there's something else worth reading here. They, they made it required that you have to declare the cycle threshold value on these PCR tests. So they're just going to be using them again. And they'll just use another kind of test where it doesn't even uh, apply. That's all. So this is, a, this is a pointless addition they've added in there. Nobody gives a shit about that thing. Let's look at this one, the department's duty. And here's how they've amended it. They used to say that the department shall impose control measures to prevent the spread of disease in the exercise of its power to protect the public health. That's how it used to read. And now it's how, this is how it reads. The department is the preemptive authority for purposes of this chapter and shall coordinate statewide or regional efforts to protect public health. The department shall collaborate with local elected officials, including county and municipal officials, to prevent the spread of the disease and to protect the public health. So 
they've, they've centralized it more and more, of course, up to the state level. So you had less and less local control of anything, more and more centralized control. So all that has to happen is CDC says something, and then this statute kicks in, and you get one crooked commission division to say what has to happen, and then everybody's locked into it. And as usual, no cause of action, no published group need, no requirements for any kind of proof to the public, no obligation to demonstrate in an open forum with the opportunity to cross-examine these people to see what evidence they're using and they're basing upon and provide it to the public within a timely period and some kind of burden and standard of proof that they must meet it and, and there's liability for each individual involved in this and that they have to post a bond. There's nothing, nothing. There's no protections at all for the people. Just a centralization of authority into something that only government oversees with Barnum Statement authority and absolutely no obligations to provide jack shit about how they came to this, any liability for overstepping, any conflict of interest check. There's nothing built into this law at all. Nothing at all. So the idea that any of this stuff is there to help you is just a fantasy. See, it's just a complete fantasy. And all the codifications that they're working on, all of them, I guarantee they're all going to be very, very, very similar. They're all identical, just like in Florida. Now we're seeing it in Texas. All the same thing. Nobody is ever going to be held to account. You don't have any way to hold them to account. They don't have any standards. They don't have to swear to anything. They don't have to be subject to cross-examination within 48 hours under oath. They don't have nothing. See, nothing at all happens to protect you. Nothing. Wow, what a joke. All right, let's, let's move on here. Authority to declare public health disaster or order public health emergency. Okay? So they've, they've added this whole new section here. The commissioner may declare a statewide or regional public health disaster or order a statewide or regional public health emergency if the commissioner determines an occurrence or threat to public health is imminent. <laughs> what a Barnum statement load of shit. The commissioner may declare a public health disaster only if the governor declares a state of disaster. Okay. All right. So there you go. So again, he can do this if he, if he finds that there's this so-called uh, threat to the public health is imminent, then he can declare it. Is there any way to investigate him, cross-examine him, check out the evidence, anything? So you have any personal liability for doing this? If it turns out there wasn't imminent, see, there's nothing there. Okay, so what's the limitation on this? So they put a limitation, except it's provided by Section C, a public health disaster, a public health emergency, contingent until the governor or commissioner terminates the disaster on a finding that. So these things are just going to run on indefinitely, okay, until and unless the threat of danger is passed. <laughs> it's a Barnum statement. Who says there ever was a threat? We all saw it, ran out for a year, kept telling us about, all oh, the threat, the danger, the variant, fucking Delta Force variant and the Delta Plus size variants are going to continue on. It's just still threatens. We got to keep the disaster running. There's nothing, no way to check this. Or the disaster emergency has been managed to the extent emergency conditions no longer exist. <laughs> Uh, cases, 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 all oh, the cases are going up and we're, we're at 32% capacity and we need to be below 31%. Now we're at 36%, but we need to be below 42%. Just arbitrary numbers cooked up out of thin air. There's absolutely no standards based here. They don't have to prove anything. Just shit the government makes up in these different divisions. Just utter nonsense. I cannot believe people buy into this stuff. All right, let's see this. A public health disaster, a public emergency, expires on the 30th day after the date the disaster emergency is declared 
by the order of the commissioner, okay? But believe me, there's always exceptions. A public health disaster may only be renewed by the legislature or by the commissioner with the approval of a designated legislative oversight board that has been been granted authority under a statute enacted by the legislature to approve the renewal of a public health disaster declaration. In other words, they're just going to have another fucking board created by another government agency to oversee another government agency to make sure that government agency is not a... It's why don't they have a public access? Why don't they have the ability for somebody to sue these people? Why don't they have this information required to be made public? Why don't they have all the evidence that was supposedly used by these people to reach these things have to be put online immediately when they make the disaster declaration? Why isn't there a legal burden, a standard of proof required? Why isn't any of this stuff set out? Why? Because they want to keep this amorphous blob of centralized power that people run around imagining protects them. (laughs) Here's what it is. The order has to have, okay, must include a description of the nature of the disaster. A description. Well, who cares? I can write a fiction novel with a description of a disaster. I want evidence, proof, standards, sworn testimony, etc., opportunity to cross-examine. Number two, a designation of the area threatened by the disaster, whatever that means. He declared it on the entire state. There weren't even cases in most of the counties. It's idiotic. A description of the condition that created the disaster. A description. Just a description. Not proof of it. Nothing. A description. (laughs) It's so weak. It's so ridiculous. And if applicable, the reason for renewing the disaster well, a reason, just giving a reason. They don't have to prove that the reason's valid. They just have to state a reason. Oh, the public health is still in risk. Oh, it's still spreading. Just make shit up. There's no way to check it. <laughs> oh, God. Let's see what else he's saying. Okay, declaration or order issued on this section must be disseminated promptly. Okay, so what? They're just going dis- to dis- disseminate this Barnum statement load of shit that doesn't have anything in it, that doesn't have any evidence, that doesn't have anything, just a, a, a simple description. Who cares? <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's just idiotic. So it says, a declaration or order issued on this section must be disseminated promptly by means intended to bring its contents to the public's attention. <laughs> Whatever that means. What does that mean? That could mean anything. Oh, it was intended to. It didn't work, but we intended it to. (laughs) A statewide or regional declaration or order shall be filed promptly with the office of the governor. Oh, wow. A regional declaration or order shall be filed with the county clerk. Oh, wow. So it's going to be filed down there. Who gives a crap about stuff like this? See, this doesn't provide any kind of proof. All it does is it's a procedure to give an illusion that this thing has got checks and balances and it's filed, it's all, it's all been complied with, but ultimately it doesn't do anything. It doesn't do anything except for give them the authority. Oh, God, there's, now there's another thing here. Consultation with Task Force on Infectious Disease Preparedness and Response. So now we're going to have fucking another unelected commission, a task force, blue ribbon. Oh, these are experts. After declaring a public health disaster order, a public health emergency, the commissioner shall consult with the task force on infectious disease and preparedness responses, including any subcommittee. Oh, my God. Including any subcommittee the task force forms to aid in the rapid assessment of response efforts. I mean, listen to what a bunch of double-talk Barnum statement government bullshit that is. How could you ever sort any of this out? Meeting notes. There's no requirement to keep records. There's nothing in here. It's just unelected government bureaucrats running around making rules that everybody then has to so-called follow. 
<laughs> oh, here we go. Failure to report civil penalty. Healthcare facility that fails to submit a report required by the department under a public health disaster is liable to the state for civil penalty of not more than $1,000 for each failure. Got it? So if you're a private practicing uh, healthcare facility and they make some demands from you for all sorts of records and information and you don't give it to them, they fine you a thousand bucks, and believe me, that's something they'll go after you and collect. Protecting your rights as a citizen and privacy, no way. But here, they've made sure a thousand. So they make fucking five hundred requests. You have to do it for all your patients, two thousand patients. It's two million dollar in fine. <laughs> and is there any provision in here that if the request was unreasonable or not based on this or that, and that that, that therefore any request for it, that the, the, the people themselves who made the request are personally liable for these requests and any costs, and can you collect attorney's fees for No. No. Nothing. All they do is say the attorney general to request the department may bring an action to collect them. God, <laughs> uh, I love this stuff. It's so funny to me that people, they think this kind of thing because nobody ever brings it up and explains to them what's really going on that this is the kind of thing that helps them see because these these jokers on radio get around they they push this crap uh tell people about how the red states protect them and blue state bad oh blue team bad red team good (laughs) all right let's see what else they've got here the health and safety code has been amended again as well here. It says the department shall maintain a registry of persons who receive an immunization. Uh, so the department is going to keep track of everybody who's immunized, who receives an immunization or an antiviral. I say, okay. So they're going to keep that. I see. So they are they are going to hang on to all that. So they're going to make sure that the the department, the health and safety code has been amended so that those departments all keep registries of the people who've gotten immunizations and antivirals. Got it? Okay, so you're going to be doing that now. All right, let's see what else they got. And here we get down to COVID vaccine passports prohibited. In this section, COVID-19 means the 2019 novel coronavirus disease. See how specific they make that? See how general all the other powers were that they gave themselves and all the Barnum statements they gave themselves. And then with this, where they're going to actually prohibit passports, they make it super, super specific. So it's not like they don't know how to do it. It's not like this is an accident. Hi, it's Legal Man. I hope you're enjoying the show. If you appreciate the unique insight and information I provide, then go over to my Patreon account for The Quash and become a member. I have bonus shows and material, early access, and it's a good place to meet like-minded people. I have people ask me all the time, what can we do, legal man? (laughs) Well, start by voting with your pocketbook. It's the only vote that really counts. Support things that tell people the truth. Getting people to understand the truth is the only solution we have to this insanity. Look, I get it. There are a lot of people who can't afford to support my show with money. But there are a lot of people who can. And if you can and you like the show, you should support it. That's what free markets look like. The people running this scam, they have unlimited funding. I don't have support of that system. In fact, I get harassed because I tell people the truth that they don't want the people to know. So we have to stick together. So go sign up. Now let's get back to the show. They make it super, super specific. So it's not like they don't know how to do it. It's not like this is an accident, okay? It's not an accident. 
<laughs> it's something they know they're doing. They're limiting it down so that this is one little thing. So as soon as it's not COVID-19, as soon as it's, it's COVID-20, it's COVID-19.2, then it's no longer covered by this. So let's see what they actually uh, prohibit. A governmental entity in the state may not issue a vaccine passport, vaccine pass, or other standardized documentation to certify an individual's COVID-19 vaccination status to a third party for a purpose other than healthcare or otherwise publish or share an individual's COVID-19 immunization record. Okay, so it can issue them. It, it can issue a passport or a vax pass. It just can only be used for healthcare right now until they amend it, and then they can be used for whatever the hell they want. You see that? So right now, it, it, they can issue them. They just can't issue them for use for anything other than to get health care. <laughs> you got it? So all they do is just amend this. They just need to amend it, add a couple words to this, and then it's being used. So let's look at the next one. A business in this state may not require a customer to provide any documentation certifying the customer's COVID-19 vaccination or post-transmission recovery on entry to, to gain access to, or to receive service from the business. Okay. So it can't require any documentation. It's the same thing as the Florida deal. They can ask you. He can ask you. It just can't require that you provide documentation. That's all. So a business that fails to comply with this section is not eligible to receive a grant or enter into a contract payable with state funds. Okay. Well, so what? It doesn't allow you to sue them for asking, daring to, requiring anything else. It doesn't give any private cause of action. It's very weak so far. Let's see what else we've got. Notwithstanding any other law, each appropriate state agency shall ensure that businesses in this state comply with subsection, which is the one right above it, C, and may require compliance with that subsection as a condition for a license, permit, or other state authorization necessary for conducting business in the state. Okay. What this seems to mean is that they can yank your license, maybe. I, I don't know if they can deny you a license, <sighs> notwithstanding any other law. Each appropriate state agency, since there's so damn many of them, shall ensure that businesses in the state comply with subsection C and may require compliance with that subsection as a condition for a license, permit, or other state authorization necessary for conducting business in the state. Okay. Um, I, that's really, I don't know if that means that the first sentence in C, which said that they're not allowed to ask for the documentation, or that the only penalty is a business that fails to comply with the subsection is not eligible to receive a grant or enter a contract. So this is, this is very confusingly written, because it says that a business may not require a customer to provide any documentation. And then the next sentence is that a business that fails to comply with this subsection is not eligible to receive a grant or enter into a contract payable to state funds. And that's in one paragraph. And the next paragraph says that notwithstanding any other law, each appropriate state agency shall ensure that businesses in this state comply with subsection C, which is the not requiring and the grants, and may require compliance with that subsection as a condition for a license. Well, I don't know what that means. Does that mean that if you attempt to apply for a grant or something else that they can yank your license? Or does it mean that if you ask for documentation certifying a customer's uh, 
vaccination status that you can't get a license. And it doesn't in any way indicate how it should be enforced. It doesn't give any money. It doesn't, doesn't, again, it doesn't provide a private cause of action for anyone to do anything. It doesn't require a notice provision where people could notify the different agencies about people at businesses that were doing it. And ultimately, all they're being prevented from doing is asking for a documentation, not request, not a verbal, a documentation, in other words, certifying your COVID-19 vaccination. That's the only thing that's so far limited. And here's the kicker. And it says that in E, it says this section may not be construed to restrict a business from implementing COVID-19 screening and infection control protocols in accordance with state and federal law to, to protect public health. You got that? Do you understand that? That's exactly what I explained in Florida, which means that, yeah, they can't ask you for documentation, but they can ask you whether you're vaccinated and they can say if you're not vaccinated that you need to go over here. And if you don't want to provide some kind of proof, that's fine. They can't ask for it. But if you don't have it, if you don't want to answer their questions, that they can provide other protocols. And we're all seeing what those mean. If you're not vaccinated, you have to wear a mask. You have to sit in a certain area. You can only sit outside. You can't come in. All these different things. They're allowed to do all those things. See, all those protocols which are in place, which come from these unelected commissions and certifications and CDC and all the stupid shit I already explained that they set up in this law, all those kinds of protocols would be permissible. The only thing this is preventing is actual vax passports for COVID-19. But for the next pandemic they described, there's no protection at all. Just exactly the same as in Florida. Exactly the same. Let's see what else we've got because it's pretty much done here. They're also going to create a whole new thing called the Office of Chief State Epidemiologist. You like that? So the commissioner is going to establish an Office of Chief State Epidemiologist. <laughs> and this person is going to evaluate epidemiologic medical and healthcare information, identifying pertinent research. In other words, they're centralizing it yet again. And who's, who's it going to be? has to be board certified in some medical specialty horseshit, significant experience. <laughs> and then it, this is going to be the person they look to. And guess what? Once again, absolutely, absolutely zero liability, no check on it, no public check, no investigation. He doesn't have to be sworn to do anything. There's no way to check on any of this. There's no way to enforce any of this. It's just another made up thing. So they can bring anybody they want it. They can bring some trans from Pennsylvania in there and set them in there, claim they're there. You don't have any private right of action to contest any of this. None, none whatsoever. That's it. That's the entire kick-ass uh, fantastic new rule that we're all going to get here in Texas that's going to allow it to move forward. <laughs> that's how you've been protected. Well, I, I don't know what to tell you. It's, it's like it always is. And I know this show ran twice as long as a regular show. And that's just the way it goes when you have to even break down such a small amount of legal information that's what it takes. And even then I'm breaking it down quickly. You know, I'm really moving through it very quickly. And this is why most people have no idea what's going on in any of the laws, because you take this law, then you multiply it by literally hundreds and hundreds of thousands of laws, millions of regulations out there. And nobody has the slightest clue what the hell's going on. I can tell you what the bottom line is. And that is that the state has set it up. So that anytime they want, they can get you and you're in violation of some shit and you have absolutely no personal rights or anything else. The government's going to get to declare and, and oversee everything.
So that's what it is. So now you've seen it. <laughs> I, you know, I just, I'm kind of at a loss each time I read these things and laugh about it and just think how silly it all is that people run around arguing about this stuff and think voting's going to do something. This is a red state. This is, this is the supposed help. That's on the way. If you push back, if you get organized and you knock doors and hand out pamphlets, then you might hope to get a red state like this that'll do this to you. How does it help you? See? The only answer is for people to understand the way the system actually works and understand the only thing that can ever work is to get enough people to understand the system has to be decentralized and dissolved. These types of systems can never, ever work for all the reasons I show people every single week. (laughs) Every single week. God, it's amazing. All right. Well, like I said, I'm way over, but I want to thank the people who are my Patreon account because those people, they have a lot of integrity to support the show and not just listen on the sly, <laughs> which I, I'm sure most people do. And that's, I, mean, I get it. That's what people do. But, you know, it takes a lot of time to make it. And the reality is I'm a very uniquely situated person who's willing to stand up and say it and willing to take those professional risks. And how much longer I'll do it in the public, I don't know. But I know they want to help the public. They want people to understand. And I do too. But I just find it interesting that people want information, but instead they always glom on to like the TV, the radio. That's just these people are not on your side. They're being supported by huge amounts, millions and millions and millions of dollars in backing by officialdom. That's why you don't get the truth from them. That's why you don't get the truth from them. So thank you for the people in Patreon. I, I love having you guys in there. And I love just kind of laughing with, with you guys about the insanity. Anybody who wants to follow me, they can follow me on Twitter. I'm Legal Man at US Law Review. I've got tons and tons of public shows. I still have more than 100. I make a couple shows every week. I don't make them all public, but I make a couple shows and I put them at Patreon. I put bonus material in there. And the public shows are more than enough for people to catch on. More than enough for people to catch on to the scam. And you can listen to my shows and you can share my shows. And you can support my show if you want to. Sign up. Support. And if you don't, then you don't. That's cool. So... All right. Well, that's going to be it for today. I hope you enjoyed the show. And like I said, I know it was a long format today, but I decided it makes more sense to keep it all together than to break it up and only run half the thing and then run the other half in Patreon. That just doesn't seem to make any real sense to me. So, all right, that's it. You guys have been a great audience. Everybody have a nice night or day, wherever you are. Take care. Thank you, everybody. Let's put your hands together one more time. Legal man.